Welcome to the Veloce Podcast, fast and fluid conversation with Kat Empey and Richard Bott. Hello, welcome to the Veloce Podcast, episode 13, I yeah. believe. Yeah. yeah. So with myself, Richard Bott and Kat Empey, as you probably well know from Peter Mackay's intro that you've just listened <laughs> yeah. to. So, um, yeah, so episode 13. So, so what, first of all, before we go on to... Uh, Motorsport, it's been a big else. motorsport week. It yeah. has. Um, we've decided to do it on Monday just because it's a bank holiday weekend, which is what we did on the other bank holiday weekend. Yeah. Mainly because there's so much motorsport this time that we've decided to... We're still going to talk about road cars and, and training and things, aren't we? But ultimately we thought we'd focus a bit, little bit, bit more, more on motorsport, motorsport just yeah. because this weekend happened to be you know a lot going on yes. ultimately yes. so just so you know so anyway before we go on to that so what have we been up to this week well i suppose the big thing really is we've signed a deal with a company called electrax haven't we who mm-hmm. are um, a manufacturer of very very high-end simulators uh, from the czech republic yes yep so racing simulators racing simulators um, yeah, absolutely. So very, very high end. So we're talking kind of competing with people like Aston Martin simulators, yeah, that kind so, of thing. Yeah, you know, so yeah. pretty um, getting into six figures. Yeah, but they're but they're they're pretty special things because they're they're almost like they've got their own little room. They're a complete pod, aren't they? And it all mm. moves around, and you strap yourself into it, and all that kind it's of stuff. More, it's a proper thing. I would say more like so. I, I don't know if you've done much racing simulator work. I guess when you were doing racing, no, <laughs> there no. was less sims around. Yeah. So growing up, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I kind of said that and then realised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do apologise. didn't have that <laughs> in the olden days. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I used to be uh, like uh, sponsored by Cranfield University, so I used to go on the on the sims there a lot, and then I went to McLaren F1 and used their simulator once. Um, so basically, my point being, this is closer to that kind of thing where yeah. it's really a professional simulator isn't it yes. which you can really use for literally anything all the, you know everything's purpose built by electrax yeah so it's not using off the shelf parts or anything it's, it's yeah. a Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So, anyway, so we're going to be Electrax UK. Yeah. Point, so, yeah. So, we're just getting everything together. So, yeah, it's been an interesting week. We're just trying to really focus on our main areas with Lochi, aren't we? Yes. So, you know, the sim side, the, the coaching side with actual real uh, life racing and and then our tours. And, yes. You know, there's lots going on, isn't and there? And you've been teeing up some guests for the pod as well, haven't you? Yeah. So, I don't know whether I should say really, but we've got some exciting some guests, guests coming some, up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And some... You know, bigger space, bigger yeah. names than I kind of imagined this early on. So yeah. so yeah, so it's good. Well, hopefully you guys will enjoy it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you that. will. We will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If nobody else does. Yeah. Um. So let's start with motorsport then. So Formula yes. One. Yes. Let's start there. So, uh, Red Bull. Let's start with Red Bull. Yes, yeah, so it was Portuguese Grand Prix, wasn't it? Yeah. The weekend. Um. And I think the story of the season, for as far as Red Bull are concerned so far has been track limits hasn't mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. they keep fall max keeps falling foul of track limits yeah so they, um because marco um came out with uh what Hell did he marco. say yeah. um we've, we've lost a win win a pole it. and a fastest lap now. yeah absolutely all different track limits yeah now i guess you can look at that two ways can't you yeah um because there are also other drivers you know, all the drivers have the same regulations and rules, don't they? So, so in that sense, you can look at it as well. Lewis managed to to do it, he or did. Bottas managed to do it. So, and he, yeah, and you tend to find with Lewis, he gets quite a few laps deleted in the free practice sessions, doesn't mm. he? Because he's obviously experimenting with what he can do, what he can get away with. Yeah. When it comes to the official like qualifying races, he doesn't do it. Yeah. 
Well, interestingly, it does sound like it was a little bit of Max's mistake because if you remember at the end, he said, oh, oh, turn, what was it? Turn 14. 14. Okay, 14, yeah. not four. <laughs> 14. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so he he said, oh, okay, I didn't think they were, that was one of them that they were keeping an eye on. Because no. I didn't realise, but they obviously get told these are the, the corners that you have to... Well, that's nuts in itself, you isn't know, it? And, and other ones you don't have to worry about. So you think, well, that's a, a moving goalpost yes. continuously anyway. For me, simple. Where you don't want the car to go, put grass or gravel. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and know, simple as that. I know they want to focus on safety, but having so much tarmac, I don't think is that safe because I think it makes drivers basically feel like how how do you put it? Like it's, it's too safe in a way, yeah, so they right. start taking more risks. They don't do they? because at Imola they couldn't, they can't. You can, Imola, the edge of the road is the edge of the road. Yeah, and there was a big difference there, there with was. who was shining and who wasn't. Let's yes. say to this track. Um, and it, I, so I don't think for a driver, you know, with their mentality, they're always going to utilise the are. road that's, that's there and available. Yeah. Um, and I do think you take more risks because you, you have this um, belief that you are safer. But then because you're actually creating more risks, I'm not sure it is that safe, really. We've seen some massive accidents over the years with having these big tarmac areas. And now we're starting to see more than ever laps being deleted and and i think for a spectator it just kind of it takes the buzz away because you're like oh my god he's just got it on pole yeah oh no, no he hasn't, he hasn't. you yeah. know uh, like lando norris when he had his deleted and and you know so i think it, we could definitely look at the track situation yeah and i know it is a balance with safety but i yeah. think um i don't understand what the big tarmac areas are for but you need something between the edge of the road and the big tarmac runoff area that, that, Pete, but that look punishes at Gro- them but because look they at- won't do it. They're good. They won't do it. But look at Grosjean's accident. There was loads of tarmac yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't short your runoff there. I honestly think, you know, since they've started doing that, we are actually getting more crazy moves and things and yeah. people overtaking on extra tarmac, all that kind of stuff um, than we've ever seen before. No. And I think yeah. it just changes a driver's mentality. I don't think it's helping. And I think, if anything, it impacts what we're... For for us as as spectators, what we get. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other side, the flip side, that you know, is is what we we were talking about earlier on about how about what Nico Rosberg has said about Max Verstappen is that he's learning now just how strong Lewis Hamilton is. Absolutely. Because um, he cannot make mistakes. Yeah, I think it, so many people, and I've read this time and time again. Anybody could win in Lewis's car, and I think that's probably a bit harsh. Okay, I appreciate. Uh, Mercedes have had quite an advantage for, for a while, haven't they? Yeah, but, but that's nobody's fault. That's no, just... no, and, and you, you could argue Lewis has made the right calls at the right time, and some drivers, one of my favourites being Alonso, has made some bad decisions when it comes to teams and, and, and right. being too political, I think. So I do believe you engineer your environment a yeah. little bit. So I do think Lewis does have, um, you know, unbelievable talent in the car but also out the car as well i do think he he doesn't get the credit he perhaps deserves no. there um, but he, i listened to an interview earlier in the week with paddy Lowe, and he was saying just how strong he is all yeah. the time everything no yeah. stone unturned you know well if you think every year you've got to be better and you're the man who's being chased all, yes. all of the time so you have to constantly up your game and we know with rosberg you know he retired immediately afterwards he knew you couldn't do that again no um and what heike kovalainen spoke about it didn't yeah he? he did yeah because he was good kovalainen mm. you know anybody that worked or raced against kovalainen telling you how good he was and he said he just wore him out he yeah. just did his head in 
Because clearly he won Race of Champions, didn't he? Hakey. He did, yeah. He did. Yeah, yeah, good driver um, and everything on the way up. Yeah, Renault, Formula 3, you yeah. know, dominant in a lot of stuff he did. And if you think Lewis, in my opinion, is the strongest he's ever been because yeah. his confidence is going to yeah. be just so high now. The team are well and truly around him. And I think Bottas knows that. And, and I think it's... I believe Bottas is incredibly quick. I just don't think he's mentally strong enough to deal no. with this anymore. And it's almost like he needs a new chapter. So if he stays Lewis's teammate, he's never going... I just don't think he's ever going to beat him. He had a chance near the start of his career with Lewis. Yes. But I don't think now. I think it's too far gone. And is, he's yeah. so mentally destroyed by it um, that, well, you know, just... I just don't know if you can come back from that. I know he's no. got a, a sports psychologist, hasn't he, trying to help him through all of this. But that's, you know, how many well, years is it? Five well, Kovel, years or something? Yeah. Well, Cove Lyon said he was only with him for a year and he said yeah. you, would, you knew you had nothing left mm. and Lewis would go two tenths quicker yeah. you think yeah. and after about six or seven races you start to think I can't deal I can't with this. this absolutely and I mean I respect Bottas a lot and I actually respect his like determination to do mm. this um, and actually in qualifying you know what he, he did he, he put it on pole and it was really difficult conditions with the crosswinds yeah he did, did a good all job, sorts of yeah. stuff and you know and at the end of the day he, he was the man to put it on pole I appreciate um, Max could have been on pole um, and they yes. deleted his lap didn't they yeah same with the fastest laps yeah uh, which is maybe a bit harsh with the qualifying though because he actually was oversteering kind of yeah, off the track he didn't deliberately track. use that <laughs> bit of road no yeah. that's right so he certainly didn't gain from it but I guess where do you end you know do you analyse everything and say have you gained from this or have you not you know I guess that makes it overly that's the complicated rule. you can't yeah it's, yeah it's just it is the inconsistencies you've got to keep it black it. and white I guess I yeah because the sense. first corner they seemed to use all the much roads they wanted there nobody said, yeah. said a word about it well I just know from what Max said at the end of the race yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realise turn fourteen was one that was being watched. Yeah. You think, oh, and then surely they're then all being watched, find, or they're not. But then you find they had a, a document released, and then on that, the Saturday that was absolutely, and then turn fourteen um, got well, basically it got amended, didn't it? This mm. document, and turn fourteen got added. So you think so? It's not every corner then. No. <laughs> this is a bit bizarre, you know. Surely I know there's perhaps some corners where there is more chance of track limits let's yes. say i guess it's that but it seemed a bit odd to me yes um, but, but yeah, yeah so so big questions on, on that really what they do about that going forward yeah but, yeah um, yeah certainly red bull aren't very happy about it are they no and i understand that mm. you know but um hey it, you know i think um max like you say is, is really showing how hard it is to beat somebody yeah, like he's Lewis. gonna have to iron out the errors or yeah. he isn't gonna do it yeah um but it, I, you never know for sure without them both being in the same car, do you? Like, you, we don't know how good that Red Bull really no, is. No, um, You know, Perez is still adjusting to it. Um, he's not far off. He's, in a, you know, he's, he's pretty... He's not quite on Max's pace. Yeah. But he's not far off. But I think in the race, that's where he's going to come in strong. Yeah, because you know, like he just did You know, okay, we're going to well, extend another 10 laps. laps of a 60 lap race on one set of tyres. Exactly. He's, that's where he's going to be such a good... Yeah wingman if not more you yes. know, in, in many respects but yeah it was a great great grand prix wasn't it yeah. um, in many in many respects especially it was a good race it wasn't a great race it was a good race yeah i think it was good until lewis burnt off into the distance yeah. <laughs> as he often does you know yeah um bottas was interesting because you know i really thought he'd get in the lead and he'd, he'd get away but he just kind of didn't quite it's like on the first stint he just couldn't he just quite... couldn't get away could he yeah and then he was quick again Yes. You know, so he seemed to, and he seemed very puzzled by that, which is, yeah. Um, Martin Brundle was saying there's nothing worse than, than not knowing why why you're not quick. 
you know, that's but there was like a little insight into, into Boss. When he came out of the pits, where he changed times, he came out of the pits, um, and Mac caught him, mm. caught the way around the lap, and he left the door wide open. And he thought, mm. Lewis wouldn't have done that. He'd have gone yeah. down the left-hand side. I thought, well, you're going round me. If you want to yeah. go round, you have to go the long way. Yeah. Well, Bottas just, you know, and you think that's all in his head. It is. Because I know, we all know he's quick. Toto knows he's quick. But I just think um, he's too beaten down now. Yes. That it, it, Deep down, he knows he can't beat Lewis. And the only way he's ever going to beat Lewis is by changing that inner belief. But how do you do that? Yeah. You know, I think so this far gone. But anyway, so that's not the only motorsport that's been on, no, is it? No. By any stretch. <laughs> so what else is what else has been going on? So we've also had a uh, first round of the WEC, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. So I watched most of that. Didn't you did. Like, six yeah, hours yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's the first the hypercar era, it of is. which there's only really Toyota at the moment have built a hypercar, yeah. haven't they? But where there are plenty coming into it. Yes. So it? Alpine have, have gone into it because you could run a prototype for the last year, couldn't you? So Alpine yeah. have gone into it with a with an LP with a prototype, an LMP mm-hmm. one car, but it's got a massive weight limit, I think. Yeah. So um, extra hundred kilos on it or something. I read. I think. Yeah. They? Now they because that's all well, they're going to build a hypercar. Absolutely. But there's quite a few manufacturers coming yeah. into it as well. Yeah. Um. But we have still got this question because you've got the hypercar and then you've got this other. Yeah. What's it called? The the Le Mans Daytona thing. Yeah. So, Hybrid. which is, which is, so a hypercar is pull out all the stops, build what you want. Do what you want. It? You build it and do what you want. Yeah, Whereas the, yeah. the, the hybrid concept yeah. um, is a bit different, isn't it? So yeah. you have to pick a chassis like Delara or... Oracle or whatever. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, you know, and then, so, but I think Porsche have gone down that route, haven't they? have, they? because they want to run in America. Yeah. That's, yeah. the, that's the key thing. Yeah. So, um, but it should be, I think it's going to be best time ever for sports cars. Because I th- yeah. pretty much we, we know how passionate Zach Brown is. So McLaren yeah. will build one or the other. Yeah. Um, Ferrari are talking about building one or the yeah. other. I think they've, they're have they talking about hypercar, I think, Ferrari. Well, if you think, so Zach Brown runs United Autosport as well. He does, so, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's already in that scene. Yes. He'll know what's going on. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, be yeah. surprised if they go down the hypercar route. In many respects, yes, as well, yeah. with the United Autosports running it. <laughs> Ferrari have gone down the hypercar route. I think they? they have. Yeah, so I understand Porsche's decision because I think they've done that. There's a few of them have gone down that route. Yeah, Honda, I think, have gone down that route because mm. massive in America. Mm. Um, can't think of else, but there's a few have gone down that route. It's a shame, really, that they didn't quite get it all together, so they're all running the same. Yeah, that would have been perfect. Yeah, but I think it's still great that we're getting these major manufacturers back in sports car yes. racing. Uh, and, and in WC, the they're going to try and make well. it so it's like. They're all running at the same pace, aren't they? Which yeah. would be great. Yeah, well, you, you have the whole balance of performance thing. Yes. Which, okay, they don't always get it right every year, but they try and their best to whatever advantages are yeah. gained, they try and make sure the cars are fairly equal. Because that's um, the thing with, with, with Porsche, with the GTE, mm. you know, because the RS, their new RSR is unbelievable, isn't it? It's like yeah. a prototype. Yeah. Um, so whether they've just thought, screw it, we're going to go for it, Porsche, because they got shafted last year at Le Mans, didn't they? And they've jumped they ahead here of the yeah <laughs> from the from the hypercar class. But it just yeah. made me think of the balance of performance. Now they got shafted by that at Le Mans. Yeah, well, I think what what we're seeing, unfortunately, with balance performance when it doesn't work, is manufacturers and teams sandbagging in, yeah. in testing and qualifying yeah. even, which isn't because fa- because they changed ha- the rules overnight, didn't they? Because exactly what happened uh, at Le Mans is is uh, Porsche then suddenly had to carry a load more weight yeah. um, after qualifying, you know, stuck which it on is pole, just, yeah. you know, it doesn't work, basically. So, no, I, I'm a, a strong believer in balance yeah, performance, yeah, me performance too. but yeah. it seems to be different, different championships seem to manage to 
you know, like IMSA, I think, have managed it better, for example. Yes, um, and the European know. GTs, whatever that's called these days, world, the one we watched, yeah. the world, world, it's not, it's not called the World Series, is it? World the, uh, GT the Challenge one. Oh, sorry. You know, it's yeah. all GT3s. That's brilliant. Yeah. You yeah, know, that, does, that does the 24 hours at Spa and all that. Yeah, yeah, sorry, know. yeah. So the, the GT World Challenge, you mean? Yes. Yeah, sorry. So, <laughs> I was and you know what it's called. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were talking about the Le Mans series for a no, minute. No, so no, it's like, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> what used to be blank pan, whatever. Yes, yeah. yeah, so the GT World Challenge. Absolutely, and what's great with that is you've got Ferrari, Aston, Porsche. Yeah, Bentley, you know, everybody's got, in it. Absolutely, Audi, and they're so close. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. So when it works, it really works. It does, I yeah. just think it's going to be a balancing act. But the main point is, you know, I think with World Endurance Championship and sports car racing in general, it's it's pushing forwards, isn't it? Yes. And I think um, next year especially is going to be a special year. But Toyota have already built a hypercar, so they're yes. getting ahead of the game. Yeah. So they won their first ever, um, well, the first ever hypercar race. Yeah. Um, the car looks cool as well, doesn't it? It does. It, it, we thought it would be number seven car, didn't we? Um, yeah. But Kobayashi uh, actually hit one of the GT Pro cars, 91 Porsche, um, which then caused them to have the Porsche to have a severe puncture. Um, so they had to have a, a drive-through penalty. But also, he seemed to be really struggling with the car in the heavy braking zone. Yeah. Um, so the right-hander Brussels corner, is it? Yeah, um, that downhill right hairpin. Yeah, he locked it up badly there and went straight on. Because yeah. he tried to turn, because I think he thought, oh, he hit the gravel, but I think he thought he was going to miss the, the barrier. So he tried to turn, but actually caught the barrier. But then, of course, because he had lock on, then when he tried to back up, it just beached because there was too much resistance with the front yeah. wheels turn. Um, so that cost them basically the race, didn't it? Because um, they got a big lead at that point. Yeah, Kobayashi, uh, well, he put it on pole and he was like three and a half tenths faster than the number eight car. Yeah. With Nakajima in. Um, yeah, so, it, uh, I mean, so it, the great thing about a six hour race is you really honestly go down to the end and don't know who's going to no. win in each class as well, which is yeah, pretty long, special. Long distance so. sports car racing is brilliant. Yeah. Um, well, I say each class because, of course, Kevin Estra in. Yeah, there's no account of a quick Kev, is there? Really? Yeah. In the '92 Porsche was <laughs> yes. um, well, he so he was almost a second faster than the '91 Porsche, in which are identical yeah. cars. Uh, yeah, and he was just on fire. They um, smashed that record as well, didn't he? Yeah, they? and Neil Yarny was his teammate for the first time. Um, and it's interesting because Neil Yarny normally is an LMP1, so he's in the prototype class. Um, so the first time he's in a GT car and he had to have his engineer constantly remind him to check mirrors and things because yeah. it's so frantic with all these different classes and of course in a GT pro car um, you know they're very quick but they're nothing compared to these hyper cars or LMP2 no, cars no. well I say LMP2 cars they're, they're much quicker in the corners aren't they so he said he found that really hard because in the past he's been in the quickest car yeah, so you, you don't look, look behind yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. you know where the other 919 was absolutely <laughs> so um, yeah just really um, I really enjoyed it but I'm, I'm really getting into sports car racing again I mean I, when I was younger I watched it a lot and then I went through the stage of not really watching it at all yeah. um, I think it sort of lost its way for a while but it's really coming back strong um, so yeah there's lots lots to look forward to isn't there in yes. many respects anyway so what else has been on? So IndyCar. Yeah, I thought you would so want favorite. to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Richard's favourite. So we've had three rounds in rapid succession, haven't we, really? So yeah. we had the street of St. Petersburg, yeah. which is Florida, not Russia, by the way. Somebody said, wouldn't Russia? No, no, <laughs> Florida. <laughs> Streets of St. Pete, which was a dom quite a dominant win by uh, Colton Herter, wasn't it? It was, yeah. But the thing, the thing for me that was that the show the difference between IndyCar and F1 was the 
blisters on their hands. Oh, yeah. So they got quite a few of them got out and they were really... It reminded me of karting, actually, because I used to get really bad blisters yeah. from karting. Um, not so much in cars, admittedly, but just shows how physical it is. I always think IndyCar is like old school Formula One. It you is, know? Yeah. And, and it isn't just ovals. How you don't many have track limit say, problems in IndyCar. No. <laughs> but how many people will say with an oval, oh, you know that's all they do blah 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 but they do so much don't they yeah. um in many respects they have to be very diverse don't they as they drivers do. you know, with street circuits and, so we had that then... we had the streets and pete and then this weekend we had a double header on an oval yeah and the next round is the road course indy and then yeah. and then the 500 you know? yeah so there's it's different all the time yeah and i mean the ovals um i'm still learning a lot about that i have to yes. say um because they're quite different to watch aren't they um compared to you know a road or they street are circuit. you have to let them develop so we had two races. The first one was 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 all right, wasn't it? Dixon won that. Mm. Uh, I suppose the the big story of that was was Scott McLaughlin got his first. So he's yeah, first, so never been on an oval in his life. Finished second. Yeah. So Scott McLaughlin um, basically has come over from Aussie V8s, and he was very very dominant. He was. Yeah. Um, and uh, anybody in motorsport knows this this guy's got unbelievable talent. Yes. And he's come over, and to be able to get on the podium. You know, on an o on your first ever oval visit in yeah. IndyCar, so yeah. so the highest form you can really do of oval racing, just shows how spectacular this guy is. Yes. Um. So yeah, that was really interesting to watch. But I think race two was where it was. Race at. two was a thriller. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, but again, you have to let them develop because mm. the thing I think we've got to understand, like an overtake, Paul Tracy was talking about it a lot, wasn't he? You've got to start here, and then like a lap and a half later, you'll get your overtake done. But you've got yeah. to get it just right. Yeah, because, uh, well, if, if you bear in mind, the average laps are like 220 mile an hour, aren't they? Yeah. Something like that. Maybe a little bit less yeah. in the race, but, um, you know, overall, it's unbelievably fast Massive all speed, the time. Yeah. But they're not flat out. So, of course, it's easy to think, oh, they're just going around in circles flat out. How hard can that be? Yeah, you've got to manage but the car, haven't you? I was interested that, you know, watching onboard, quite often they come down a couple of gears yeah. for the bends, which I never thought they'd ever do. Um, so, it's a trioval, then, isn't it, I think? So the one corner's flat, the other yeah. two are quite sharp, yeah, relatively so, speaking. Yeah, <laughs> They're in 190 instead of 220, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's doing this over 200 mile an hour, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're all bunched up together. I mean, it's quite um, something. On the safety front, though, they the what do they call their halos? They call it halos, yeah, it? They call it, a, what have they got a name for it? It's a screen, isn't it, basically? Yeah, um, it's like a, so it looks like it, a fighter plane. But again, it showed... Um, Canopy, didn't it? It showed how that's helped assist safety because yeah. there was a big incident on a big restart wasn't the start, there yeah, yeah Bordet got involved in both races being hit up the back no fault yeah, of his own yeah. on either of and them it was just one of them things it was just a racing thing wasn't it yeah um, but basically Connor Daly ended up on his roof and he said uh, it's the first time he's ever been on his roof in an indoor <laughs> so that's a tick box yeah, <laughs> kind yeah. of done he's had a really um, tough kind of season actually yeah. hasn't he um, but yeah he showed because he was on his roof for a long time and the roll bar had caught loads of muck and mud and all sorts of stuff but you could see when you watch it in slow-mo how close his head is to everything but luckily that screen is pushing a lot of stuff out the way at yeah. the front so it was kind of yeah it shows kind of the safety element of that and i know formula one went down a different avenue didn't they with the halo yes um so it's the like a halo but probably the... better yeah but watching like that anyway because the scary thing with that we said during the shunt you saw a drive shaft fly through the yeah well that could go in the, through the gap on a, a halo, halo. Uh, that's what but i bounced when you off watch, the screen that's what i mean when you watch you think actually the screen's probably a better idea yeah. in some respects but then IndyCar overall is probably more dangerous and more prone to having big accidents, isn't it, ultimately? Yeah. So yeah. Kind of but it's interesting, some of the things we've been talking about earlier on in F1. So you had a good race and we had 
Um, not a great race, but the second race was a was a cracking race, wasn't mm. it? Um, but also the the you know the bravery that you needed. So Pato Award won it. Yeah. Basically because he had bigger balls, didn't he? Yeah, he... <laughs> yeah. yeah so race two. So Pato was this young, very young driver. Mexican he? kid, yeah. He, yeah. He, how old is he? 20, I think. Okay. Um, so really young. Well, I say really young. Oh, I mean, in F1 terms, that's old now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, he came on restart around the outside of two cars. With it all twitching and, and moving around. Yeah. And, and that kind of helped me appreciate, though, how on the edge they are. Um, because you could really see the car moving about. And bearing in mind, again, you're like 200 mile an hour at this point, right on the edge, yeah. right near the wall. And there's no and small And overtaking <laughs> to, absolutely. And, and people get seriously hurt on ovals, don't they, as well? So that's why you get some drivers that aren't doing it. So like Jimmy Johnson, who's come over from NASCAR, yeah. who is an oval expert, yeah. actually isn't I'm surprised. Doing, I thought he would have done the ovals. Yeah, he's, he's actually doing IndyCar, but he's not doing the ovals. Uh, whether that's a confidence thing, because IndyCar's so different, I imagine it probably is, yeah. Um, because he's he, there's a lot to adjust to, and he's been honest about that, hasn't he? And yes. He's not necessarily fussed about winning. Is no, he, he isn't. Just he's just the he experience wants to do of doing it. Well, yeah. yeah. So we kind of get that. And Grosjean's not doing the ovals either, is he? Yeah, and I wondered if that was partly down to his other half because I watched an interview. You know, when he had his big accident and almost got killed. Uh, you know, his wife and children were watching at home, and I think it was very difficult ordeal for everybody and um i don't think they want to ever see something like that again and they know with ovals the chances are greater yeah aren't they if there being a very serious incident yeah because um, the next one obviously is india isn't it which is the big one yeah because this is a one, one mile and a half texas so um yeah the, where india you know, they're averaging like 220 yeah you know yeah big oval yeah absolutely two and a half miles round or whatever it is absolutely so yeah and and then of course i want to mention quickly about harvey as well jack harvey yeah yeah, we were talking about him because he's he's in the smallest team it's affiliated mm -hmm. to andretti isn't it but yeah. it's the smallest team mm -hmm. uh, and one he's just punching the a one, one car team mm. um and they run the works accuracy in um imsa don't they I yeah think. that's the only other thing they do i think um but like he was he was on the front row at st pete mm. finished fourth yeah um he was That's running fourth last night wasn't he yeah and yeah. then the wheel bearing collapsed yeah when does that ever happen yeah that that's such a shame and he was looking really racy he like was, a comfortable yeah. fourth if not maybe higher maybe a podium yeah um you know so in this one car team without the budget and um knowledge of some of these other teams yeah um you know, like the main Andretti team, you're bound to get more, you know, expertise, I'm sure. And Yeah, they're and, a massive team, aren't but they? But also Andretti? it's important to have teammates, I think, uh, to push you along and also learn from with data yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And you can try different things in testing, see what works, that yeah. kind of stuff, which yeah. obviously when you're a one-car team, it's, it's harder. You're doing all the donkey work. Yeah. You haven't got any comparisons either. So, no. um, yeah, I think he's doing exceptional and I think this really could be a great year for him. Um you know, Jack just need Harvey. to get that win, doesn't he? And I think he'd be off and going then. Yeah, I mean, I never really directly raced with him because I'm a little bit older, unfortunately. <laughs> so um, he was in cadets karting when I was in juniors. Um, but going up through the ranks, he was always so, so quick, but never really had the money. So he got supported by Foundation Steps um, when that he was did. around. He was British F3 champion for them, yeah. wasn't he? It's and then, hard, which is hard they, to do. Yeah, they kind of pulled basically pulled out didn't they yeah for whatever reason so he lost his backing so he went to america yeah. um but really he's worthy of a Formula one seat but he, he will never get one unfortunately now because of age and where he's at but 
Um, you know, I think he can really make a, a big name for himself in IndyCar. Yes. You know, given time, I think he already is in, in many respects. Yes. I mean, talking of the crossover, I think Zach Brown, that man again, yeah. um, so, so Ward drives for McLaren in IndyCar. Mm. And I think Zach said if he wins a race, he'll let him do the young driver test. Oh, really? So presumably he's going to test a McLaren now at the, yeah. at the end of the year. Well, good for him. Yeah, you know, totally, why yeah, not? And, yeah. and if we he's can have... great. He's got a great attitude as well, hasn't he? But if we can have IndyCar in, in Formula 1 closer... You know, yeah. like that, and and people like that, or um, well, the cars they've got Colton the same sponsors Herter on everything. McLaren have done an amazing job with that. Mm. So the the Indy cars look they're the same color scheme as the as the F one cars, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, they're orange with blue and yeah, exactly. same sponsors on them and Splunk yeah. or whoever the hell Splunk are and all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but exactly. And you I know. think it'd be great if because you get like I said, somebody like a Colton Herter. A, you know, an American young lad over yeah. in Formula One. Brilliant driver. You know, I think it'd be great if you get that more. I know we're getting it more the other way. Yeah. You know, so F1 drivers coming over to mm-hmm. do IndyCar, but it'd be great to see it the other way around as well. See how they yeah. fare. Um. So yeah, be very supportive of that and see what happens. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So that's kind of the the motorsport bit. That um, yeah. Box that just off. Just us kind of chatting about that really. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what about road cars then? Yeah. Well, so Is the there thing that stood out for on? me there was I I. I've always fancied a front-engine Ferrari. Don't I don't really know why. They just have something about them. So I guess if you go back to Ferrari's heritage, yeah. their Formula One cars were front-engined, mm-hmm. um, and then things like the Ferrari Daytonas and all the beautiful '60s sports cars were all front-engined V12s. Mm. Um, and I think the, one of the, the one of the nicest or best cars that Ferrari have built in the last ten years is the is the um, TDF yeah. Tour de France. Yeah. Um, what an amazing car that is, but like oh, like a million quid, aren't they? Mm. And this, I think, is the replacement for that as the 812 Superfast. Yeah. And they yeah. just love what they've done with it, really. Yeah. So they're going to so build less than 100 of them. Yeah. They reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the it's got a six and a half liter V12 that revs to nine and a half thousand revs. Yeah, Can you imagine the good. noise that makes? Uh, well, that's what we want, though, isn't it? You know, cars to sound good again. Yeah, that's exciting be a character, thing, right? and yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's what not to sixteen two point five seconds. Yeah, so that's a rear wheel drive car. That's that's some. That's very impressive, yeah. isn't it? Because that's kind of turbo s territory yeah isn't it um but that's four-wheel drive four-wheel drive and rear engine exactly so lots of traction at the back so you kind of yeah it's, it's surprising they've achieved that i have yeah. to say um but yeah it and it's and it got independent looked, steering all yeah, that kind of stuff so yeah four-wheel steering yeah yeah very similar to what porsche have done you know with four-wheel steer but it's with but the rear axle it's beautiful it's a ferrari you know it just looks <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah i have to admit i'm i'm more kind of mid engine than front engine but i get i I would certainly not say no to one, that's for sure. No. Um, so they've not released a price yet, have they, on this? No. So a normal 812 is about a quarter million quid. Okay. So it's going to be three times that, I would okay. guess. Okay. If not a bit more, I would think. Yeah, and the thing is, it'll probably go up in value as well, won't it? If oh, it's, it's less a good than buy, we can get one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I imagine, though, with Ferrari, you'll be invited to, to buy something like that. I took out a, an architect, and he um, said like he loved Ferrari, but he didn't like dealing with Ferrari particularly uh, and they would always say how lucky he was to be invited to buy one of these yeah. and he always thought hang on a minute I've actually worked really really hard and bought a lot of Ferraris that's why yeah, you're yeah, invited yeah, yeah. it's nothing to do with luck no, <laughs> you no, know? no exactly um, but of course he couldn't help but want a Ferrari <laughs> again and yeah. again and again um, so I'd imagine with this yeah you'd be invited I, c- I can't see it being well, any other way really no well, I think we talked about on our pod uh, I can't remember which, which one it was when we talked about Vettel was selling a load of his cars yeah. and he had an F12 TDF that had every extra on it mm-hmm. so whether there's going to be a Charles Leclerc 812 super fast I see what you're saying yeah well, yeah. They, well they often um, do tie in a lot with the yeah. Formula 1 stuff don't yeah. they because so, I didn't realise that um, 
the Ferrari red changes every year. Yeah. Um, in in Formula One, uh, and they have like if you go to their um, factory, they have every single red that they've ever used. Is that and right? you can pay extra to have that particular red yeah, on your you can, car. Yeah. yeah, obviously, when I yeah. say extra, a huge extra yeah. <laughs> to have that. But yeah, I, I mean, I didn't realise the red had changed so much. I mean, it's a bit been a bit more obvious in recent years. Yeah. But in the past, I had no idea that it, every no, year. No, I knew it, it used to change a lot, but I didn't know it changed like all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. So um. So yeah. So if you want to add even more to your bill, then yeah, <laughs> you can do yeah, that. Yeah. Well, I'm here now. <laughs> so um, can I have Charles the Clark job you're around in it that's what I'd, I'd want <laughs> yeah I mean yeah why would two for different reasons <laughs> no. um, so I've noticed we haven't really got a driving gem this week what's, no, what's happened there I'm not entirely sure I think because we got carried away with motor racing okay so we're going to hold that because we'll, we'll we're going to talk about left foot braking on the simulator aren't we, we keep, yeah. we're going to do a film about that because we thought that'd be a good way of, of, of looking because we can't get on track at the moment, how you would use left foot braking in a more of a track environment. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a little film on that. So yeah. And then we'll talk about it on the, the old pod. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so uh, interactive thing for the week. Interactive, there. yeah, yeah. Um, if you could drive one rally car, which one and why? Yeah. So... You're going to go first. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I, I, I thought, oh gosh. And then straight away I thought, oh no. Um, so... I, so I used to watch a huge amount of World Rally, actually. Um, when it was a bit more accessible, it's a bit harder to get hold of now. Yeah. Um, and I used to watch uh, Petter Solberg. I was my yeah, favourite. Yeah. Uh, I used to just, well, I guess very big character, which his son now is. Um, but at the time, he always used to go along and he used to always have his tongue out the side of his mouth yeah. when he's concentrating and things. And huge character. Anyway, so he had a long stint with Subaru, didn't he? So he, did. he started with Ford and the World Rally in 1998, I think. And then yeah, he did maybe. two years with Ford, I think, and then moved to Subaru in 2000, something like that. I, I, did, um, I gave him a passenger ride once. Oh, did you? Solder, yeah, around um, the Oval at Miami in really? Subaru. Yeah, what yeah. did he say? Oh, he was all right. He kind of said, yeah, I had a film of it at one time because oh. they put camera uh, films in the car, yeah. but VHS video recorders in the car. <laughs> yeah, took, took Petter Solberg around the Oval. Yeah, oh, he's a great. Oh, guy, he was cool. Right? Yeah, he was yeah. a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. So his favourite was the S9 WRC. So I thought, well, as he's my favourite, <laughs> that yeah, will be my favourite, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, that kind of era is when I, because I, I started playing the PlayStation Rally games, you know, you had the Colin McRae one, and then you had yeah. the World Rally Championship one and stuff. And so uh, you, that kind of era, um, yeah, is very close uh, to my heart, because I have to admit, I don't watch World Rally anywhere near like I used to. It's hard to find, um, isn't it, now, though? So, um, yeah, I just think it's, not got quite the coverage and publicity it used to have, unfortunately. No, um, no. Which is so sad because I think the best drivers in the world are well rally drivers. Um, I really honestly do because mm. I think you have to be so diverse um, that it's, you know, people like, um, oh, um, Ogier, no, Ogier. No, who, who in the past, come on, <laughs> Citroen driver. Loeb. Loeb. Yeah. <laughs> Sebastian Loeb. He's proved it many times coming and doing sports cars and all sorts yeah, of stuff. Yeah, How good, good you yeah, are, yeah. you know, as a rally driver. Um, so yeah, that would be my pick anyway. Yeah, so I've thought about this. I, I suppose the, I always have a soft spot for Opel Mantas. Oh, so a Manta four hundred, <laughs> some you know, so around sort of oh, Jimmy McRae. Massive. Sorry. Aren't they bit huge? No, Manta? no, they're not. No. Am I thinking of something completely different then? Maybe. <laughs> so yeah, so Jimmy McRae or okay. Russell Brooks, Andrews Heat for Hire. Oh. Manta four hundred, something like that. It would have to be that or one of Colleen's cars. But why? 
because I suppose I always love mantas. Always wanted my dad to have a manta. Right. And then I had one myself. Yeah, I know but, you did. Yeah. Yeah, I love my manta. Mm. Uh, and you can't buy, you can't find them now. They've all rotted away. They've all died. Oh really? It's quite hard to find a decent manta now. Um, and I think when I was you know, so that was sort of been mid eighties, mm-hmm. um, sort of onwards. So I just remember those cars, you know. Yeah. Um, so we had that or one of Collins, probably one of Collins Subarus. I yeah. would think. Yeah. Just because he was a legend, you know. Oh, exactly. And he always will be a legend of, well, not only that specific sport, but most sport in general. Yeah, won't he really, proper, but, um, yeah. You know, Colin McRae, I mean, I've watched some documentaries on him and he's just, was a spectacular character, he that's was, for sure, yeah. as well as driver. Yeah, he was, yeah. At the same time. And I always thought of him as a bit of a shunt monkey in some ways. But actually, when you think how much he succeeded you know, he actually didn't crash that much. It's no, just no, when he, he did crash, no. it was it was massive. Absolutely. And <laughs> I, I listened all. to an interview with Nicky Griss. Nicky Griss said the number of things that he, the accidents he avoided yeah. that other people would have had, yeah. you know, be through just pure ability. Mm-hmm. You know, because he said, you know, you're on about somebody with, you know, can make a car walk on water mm-hmm. and he's pushing that to as far as it can go. You're gonna That's going to go wrong at mm-hmm, some point mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. absolutely you know? and it does for everybody obviously and the sad thing for Colin was I know we've got on to Colin McRae was I think people like Sebastian Loeb changed the way rallying was and yeah. Loeb drove more like a racing driver yeah. so neat tidy good exits where mm-hmm. Colin obviously flamboyant and but and, I also that, think and the, the game the, the sport moved on as he got older sadly. yeah but I do also think the cars evolve and you can now drive them more like a, ra- a tarmac kind of yeah. race car. Can't it's all about you? precision, and yeah. there's not there's not the flair and the flamboyance they used to be. But you think there's far more aids on these cars now than there ever used to yeah. be. Now, I'm not saying that means oh, no, modern no. rally drivers are any less of a driver. I just think that's why you will notice a change in yes. the style. To thread to on. thread a world rally car through a forest. Yeah, you, know, you get yeah, that wrong eighty you mile out to a tree. You're not, you know. Yeah. Whoever you are, at whatever era, yes. you're good. It's yeah. just I can see that how it's changed. But for McRae, if you want to see what McRae, like we did a video about him, him on board through Wales in a Focus. Yeah. Yeah, in fifth gear, like pitching it in, in yeah. a forest, you know. Yeah, that's definitely worth watching, oh, actually, yeah. isn't Commit- it? That's get commitment. Chance. So, um, yeah, it's, it looks <laughs> like, like it's fast like forward. He, but, but he's moving in slow motion almost. Yeah. You know, yeah. that amazing driver. Anyway. But I think all the greats are like that, aren't they? Um, you know... It, they don't look frantic. At the no. Wheel. You know, they're so, so far in ahead control. Of the car. Yeah. Uh, absolutely ahead of the car. Absolutely. Anyway, we're getting away. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Colin reminiscing Colin McRae. We could do a whole pod of Colin McRae. <laughs> yeah, well, perhaps we should. <laughs> Peter Mackay back on. Yeah, well, perhaps we should do a. a McKay, at some sorry, point, okay. we could do a, a, a feature on each. That'd be cool. Driver, like. Yeah, we'll do a legendary driver podcast. Yeah, I think we should at some point mix it up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, of course, let us know um, with your rally car what it would be and why. Um, get in touch. That would be great. And what we got next week? So, Spanish Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Alonso's home Grand Prix. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, a track that they're all a bit more familiar with mm-hmm. because, obviously, Imola and, and Porto Mau. Uh, you know they're fun, they're professional racing drivers. They learn these places quick, but I think the teams and everything else have a lot more data for Barcelona. So yeah. I think that's what Red Bull are hoping, mm-hmm. and McLaren are hoping that that uh, that, <laughs> that suited the Alpine because yeah. they had a bit of a, you know a difficult yeah well they were side. closer to them because Norris yeah. drove brilliantly again, didn't he? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So best of the rest almost. And yeah. but the the key thing for me for that is the first round of the F three. Yeah. Which we've been waiting for. Haven't yeah. We? So FIA F three. So uh, we've got a young driver coming on from that um very soon yes. so 
we'll mention that when that's uh, confirmed on which pod yeah. that will be. But yeah, but F three is um, always a you know yeah. fab, fabulous. F three is yeah. probably more exciting than F two these yeah, days, yeah, isn't it? it is, in yeah. many respects, um, yeah. So that's starting. So we'll cover that as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's pretty much, apart from Formula E and things, I think that's pretty much it on the motorsport front. I think so it's touring we'll, cars, the touring, of course, British touring yeah, cars, yeah. British touring touring cars. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Yeah. So gosh, that's come around quick, yeah, isn't it? Look yeah. So we'll we'll focus on that, but we'll do a bit more road and driving focus next week rather yes. than motorsport just yeah. to balance it out it's just there was so much going on yeah, motorsport this week it's end up yeah. kind of yeah taking over but um yeah next week we'll balance it out the other way won't we we will yeah, yeah. get back to normal okay well we thanks for listening and yeah please do get in touch thank you thanks thank you for listening to this episode of the veloce podcast fast and fluid conversation with Kat Impey and Richard Bond. Don't forget to subscribe via your chosen podcast provider and never miss an episode of the Veloce Podcast.